What's up, guys? Wow, what a week, huh? It's hard to believe we're here again. Seems like we were just here doing this. Hey, uh, how many sports fans we have in here? Anybody? Anybody's watching football? Cardinals, Blues, anybody? Come on, there's got to be somebody in here, right? So how loyal are you to your team? Only when they're good? That wasn't me. That was Alpha. <laughs> Only when they're good? Yeah, kind of fair weather. Most people are. <laughs> but I, I was, I've been watching the football playoffs, and this has been some of the best playoffs ever. We're seeing history being made. It's pretty cool. And some of these guys are so faithful to their teams. You know, they, they paint their faces. They're in Green Bay with no T-shirts on, and it's below zero out there, and they're just all in. And I'm thinking, man, it would be great to see Christians with that kind of fervor. They're all in. I mean, they're like, for this day, we are all in. I, we don't care. We don't even care if we get pneumonia or anything, but we're just, whoa, and they're just having a great time. So we're talking about faithfulness. We've been uh, going through uh, fruit of the Spirit. You guys know that, right? And we're almost done. Anybody glad we're almost done? <laughs> okay, so we've covered love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Uh, last week, Randy did gentleness, but we're going to wrap goodness in with that because they're very close. So I'm going to do faithfulness this week, and he'll do self-control, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on. So those ought to, uh, the self-control one ought to be good to hear, huh? Yeah, come on, man. That ought to be good. So are you guys faithful to God, or are you just kind of wishy-washy? Trying? As long as you're trying, right? That's good. You're trying. Because obviously, life is not good all the time. We go through a season, it seems like your season's maybe very short, it might only be a week, and then the wheels fall off again. And then it gets better for a day or two, and then the wheels fall off again. That's just how it is. That's life. But when we stay faithful to God, He's faithful to us all the time. He never changes. He's always there waiting for us to come back when we fall down. So, bounced around all different kinds. There's all kinds of great stories about faithfulness in here, and I wanted to, uh, to share an Old Testament uh, story about faithfulness. This is in Daniel chapter 3, and you talked about the fire, Jamie, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about. I thought that was interesting that you mentioned that. So if you turn your Bibles to Daniel chapter 3, Okay, so the book of Daniel was written about 536 B.C. Long time ago, right? So this was King Nebuchadnezzar. This guy was a prideful guy. He had all kinds of issues. He was short-fused, all kinds of stuff. So he had taken some of these people into exile, some of the Jews into exile, back to Babylon. So in verse 1 it says, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide, and set it on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent his messengers to the high officers, the officials, the governors, the advisors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the, the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. You can already see the pride that this guy had. He got everybody. He's going to make this like the biggest event around. See how, see how great this golden statue I made, right? 
So then it says in verse 4, it says, Then a herald shouted, People of all races, nations, and languages, listen to the king's command. And when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, you guys ever seen a zither? Ever heard of one? I looked it up the other day. It's really cool. It's a little flat instrument made of wood and it has strings on it, kind of like a harpsichord. Very similar, but it's pretty cool. It has a great sound to it. A lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. You are to bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Back then, and there in Babylon, um, the religious culture, there were statues of all kinds of other stuff. They just had pagan gods, little G gods, okay? So what's your little G god going to do for you? Nothing. It's just a symbol. That I just when you, when you start reading the scriptures and you look back, you're like, why are these people worshiping a wooden or a golden thing that's going to do absolutely nothing when there's a real true God that wants to help you? Why? They're lost. So this guy's saying, you are to bow. Can you imagine getting that here in this country? And there may come a day when that actually happens, where they take away our stuff and we may have to bow to them. And it seems like it's closing in on us a little bit, right? So we have to stand fast, and this is where this story's going. So you bow to the ground and worship the king as a gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. They bind you and they throw you in there. They Generally, they strip you first and then they throw you in there as a way of if you don't follow the king, that's your punishment. No ifs, ands, or buts. Boom. And this is like an industrial-sized uh, furnace where they would have made bricks or refined gold or silver or whatever. This thing was huge. And occasionally they did executions in there too. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshipped the gold statue that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed him on these Jews. These are the Jews that were in exile. They said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, Long live the king! You issue a decree requiring that all people bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and the other musical instruments. That decree also states that anyone who refuses to obey must be thrown into the furnace. Right? So anybody that steps out of line, the man takes you away. Just like the song says, right? Okay, so these guys. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that was their Babylonian names because they're, that's part of slavery. They strip who you were. Your life you had before, now you're a slave to us, and now you have a new name. Anybody know their old name? Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. That was their birth names. But now they're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Which these guys were very smart too. So they already had uh, favor with the king. So he's, he hears about these guys. Well, I'll just read the story. He hears about these guys. But there are some Jews... 
whom you have put in charge of the providence of Babylon. They pay a no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods, little g, and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. So this guy's short-fused. He's going to get really upset because these guys basically stepping out of line. They refuse to do what's what they're required to do. Kind of uh, kind of like when a boss tells you to do something, you don't do it, and the boss kind of looks like an idiot because you didn't do it. You know, so these guys are they're making a stand. Then it says, Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage, and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is this true? They're at basically getting a second chance because they already didn't bow before before the public thing. So now he's got them in front of him and he's like, do it again. Almost like, okay, this is your last chance before this happens to you. So, hang on, let me grab this. You guys still with me? This is kind of the setup of what's going to happen here, so. Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue that I've set up? I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you're going to be thrown in the fire into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? So he, he already... He's already so proudful that, that he thinks there's no God that can do anything, right? And it's funny what, Jamie, when you said about the fire, because these guys are going to go into the fire, and there's going to be somebody who meets them in the fire. You guys heard this story before? A lot of you Sunday school people probably know this back, forwards and backwards. But I think it's good for us today, too. It's, it still speaks to us today, too, because all the stuff that we're going through. Our furnace could be all this stuff that's going on in society today. It's closing in on us, and they're, they're trying to make us do things that we're, we don't want to do that's unlawful, but somehow they're changing the laws where it is lawful. And there's nothing we can do except stand firm. Keep your faith. That's the only thing that's going to get you through the troubles that you're going to go through because we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. We saw how fast COVID changed the world. It just showed up one day and wrecked everything. So now they know that they've opened that door. They can do other things to wreck it even quicker. You know, so we have to stand fast, stand firm. God's still in control, although sometimes it doesn't seem like it. We say that every week because sometimes you wonder, where are you, God? He's, he's got it all under control. This is the way it's supposed to play out. We just have to stand firm. I don't know if we necessarily have to like it, but we have to go through it. And it says we're going to have these trials to go through. So have faith. I got your back. Have faith. You're going to be blessed if you have faith. It says several times throughout Scripture, if you remain steadfast in your faith, blessings are coming. Not always financial, but there are blessings coming to you. Whether it's protection from things that you don't know is coming. It could be anything. Protect you from illness, protect you from whatever, bankruptcy, whatever, you know. I'll take my chances under the shadows of his wings than just being out there by myself. I've been there and done that, and it's not a good place to be. You know, and you see people, there's people in this congregation that are out there now and you're wondering what they're doing and I know it's no good or they'd be here because when they're here, things are good. <laughs> kind of funny. When they get closer to God, things get better. It's just interesting how the whole thing plays out. Yet, 
we're human and we do stupid things and it gets us out again and we don't fully believe in what God has for us. I don't know how many times we've seen people come in, they get saved, they get happy, but they do not give God a chance to change their life. Just like the song, let Jesus change your life. That, he's not going to do it in a month. He's not going to do it in six months. There's going to be little increments as it goes. There's only been one Saul to Paul that I know of. Just a complete turnaround, a complete different person, and he's preaching like that. It doesn't generally happen that way. It's a process. Just like the fire, the fire is a process. It burns off the stuff, the impurities. That's what God's doing in the furnace. He's burning the impurities off. And we all go through these furnaces. Do you guys hear the brown bag Friday? We're talking about a masterpiece. It's the same thing. He takes our lives and he chips away the impurities and makes us pure, right? It's a process. It's going to get crazy. It's going to hurt sometimes. God doesn't want us to, he doesn't want to harm us. Although he'll bend us till we almost break. Sometimes we really have to break. We've seen that happen to people too. And you wonder, it was like, well, why didn't you? Uh, take some of the advice or maybe change things in your life and then you ended up here. God used that to get a hold of you. And now God's working on you now that that's happened to you. But a lot of it could have been avoided. Self-inflicted wound, a lot of it, right? I'm going to get off track. Okay, off. Uh, so what God will rescue you from my power Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into that blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. That's an amen. The God we serve. We serve an almighty God. And he does all kinds of crazy things in all of our lives. There's miracles happening all around. Some of them may not be huge, but there's miracles happening every single day. Every single day. He's still on the throne. He's still at work. He's still in, He's still in charge. Amen. <laughs> we'll see the word of verse O before. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. The first time I read it, it was almost like he's being a little bit, not rude, but he's making a statement going, hey, man, our God's got our back. He's going to take care of us, and you really can't do much to us. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship that golden statue that you've set up. Never. There's only one God, Right? Lord of Lord, kings of kings. And he's trying to make them worship these pagan gods. They're making a stand here. It doesn't even matter. Even if he doesn't rescue us, it doesn't matter. We're still serving him, right? Sometimes things are going to happen the rest of our lives. That's just how it is. That's going to be the thorn in our side. Whatever that is, all of us have one. And you keep praying for it to go away. And it may not because that's what may be keeping you attached to him. Because you know you can't do it on your own, right? So Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. Now he's out of control. He commanded 
that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than normal. The normal operation, seven times hotter than usual. That's how mad he was at these guys for making a stand with their God. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied him up and threw him into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, their turbans, their robes, and their other garments. And because the king in his anger, he demanded such a hot fire in the furnace that the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the men in. That's crazy, isn't it? How hot is that to do that? Well, check out what happens. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie these three men up and throw them in the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. And they replied, look. Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. The fourth one looks like a guy. God is in the furnace with us. You know, in the natural, you're saying that's impossible. It's impossible to be in a roaring flame and not get burnt, right? We've all been burnt by campfires or making a fire in your house or whatever. We've all been burnt. <laughs> he sees the fourth guy. And there was, there's uh, doing some research, too. They were thinking it was, obviously, it was, either an angel sent by God, or, and, and some say it could have been even the face of Jesus that he saw. But it doesn't say exactly what he saw, but that's what some of the theologians say. Mm -hmm. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door on the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Servants of the Most High God, come out. Oh, wait a minute. Why is he calling the Most High God when he's been messing around with these golden statues and stuff? That's almost like, huh? What happened? He says, come out. Tim and I were talking. I was like, how close do you think he got to the furnace? Because if the fire was so hot that it killed the soldiers when they threw him in, how close was he to say, hey, come, come on out of here? A roaring fire. So, Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, and governor's advisors crowded around them, and they saw that the fire had not even touched them. Not a hair on their heads were singed, and their clothing wasn't even scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. How about that? Is that God's protection or what? Really, all they could say is the rope was burnt that tied them. The very thing that bound them, God released it. Kind of funny, huh? That's what he does in our life, too. The very things that chain us down, God breaks those chains. If you let them. And sometimes we're dumb enough to get bound up again. And then we get released again. And then we get bound up again. And then we get released again. <laughs> There is an end to it, I can tell you that. When you're walking with Jesus, it does get a little easier in that respect. The highs aren't as high and the lows aren't as low, thank God. 
but I know in the first few years it gets really rocky. It's, it's, I think God puts us in these situations to see how we're going to react to them. Some people run off, never come back. Others run off for months, they come back. Others are in and out, in and out, in and out. And eventually it sticks. But you never know from person to person because it's different for everybody. And it's the same way in recovery. You're clean, you fall down, you're clean, you fall down, you're clean, you fall down, you're clean, you fall down. But it gets better as you're trying to get stronger. Your faith will grow if you stick with it. Stick to it, this. <laughs> That's one of the words laid out. But it's a guarantee it's going to get better walking with God. It's a guarantee. And these guys illustrated, they made a stand, saying, I'm not going to worship your God. So what would you do at work? What if you're asked to do something that's a little bit shady that you know is not right? You might even have the Holy Spirit saying, hey, don't do that. Make a stand. Would you make a stand? It could be at school. Maybe they want you to write a paper about something that you don't believe in. Would you make a stand? I'd like to think you guys would. You know, too, these guys could have made excuses before he threw them in the fire. They could have said, well, we could bow down. We will worship your God, but we'll bow down just so we don't get thrown in the fire. God knows my heart. You start taking liberties there. You know, you start making these excuses, going, well, I can justify anything. I just keep going until I justify it. You know? But I think we go through these little trials all the time, little tests, if you will. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to say? Are you going to speak up for me? God's positioned you in somebody's life. Are you going to speak up? That person may need Jesus standing right in front of you and you not even know it. Will you speak up? It's a good thing their salvation doesn't rest on us. It's gonna, if they're going to get saved, it's going to come through somebody eventually. You know, we're all called to minister in some form or fashion. That's it. Because how are they going to know if nobody tells them? Somebody told you, right? There was a point you didn't know. Somebody stepped out in their faith and, and shared, right. right? And you don't have to be that great at it. You know, you could be a witness first. Right. You could show people love. Then you might go, hey, man, you're different. I could tell by the way you talk and by the way you do things, you're different. What's up? It's a great segue sometimes. You don't have to just come in going, you know, repent or die. Tried that. That doesn't work very well. <laughs> Bible thumpers, that doesn't work either. You know, when you show love to somebody, that breaks down the barriers. You know, even some of the meanest guys we've met, you show them a little bit of love and all of a sudden they just, they just crack a little bit. Just going, oh, look, the tough guy, he's, coming, he's not so tough anymore because Jesus is coming in. It's awesome to see it happening. Okay, where was I? Oh, they didn't even smell like smoke. I thought that was great. It's like they were in that roaring fire. All of that, God rescued them. God was with them. One thing I did to find out too. Now it says the three of them came out. Well, where's the fourth one? He's still in the fire. Isn't that great? God's in the fire. He knows you're going to go through a fire again. Guess what? He's there. He's on the outside of the fire. He's right there too. He's everywhere. You can't escape him from the bottom of the sea to the top of the mountain. He's there. I thought that was interesting. I was like, that's right. Three of them came out. One of them's still in there. 
Right. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. You know, I was reading on to, when you read through Daniel, um, the whole time this guy is a very proudful guy, and we know pride comes before the fall. So if you're a very proud person, beware. Your kingdom will crash. It's only a matter of time. But God was working on Nebuchadnezzar's heart, too, at the same time. He was showing them the power. Because he could have easily just taken him out. Going, you know what? You're leading all these people astray. Poof, you're dead. If he wanted to. But he's using him as an example. And as you read on through, he goes through a lot of things in there, too. And one thing, too, when those three were, were uh, before the king, you know, that, that would have messed up, like you talked about, Tim, with your witness. If they would have bowed, that would have wrecked their witness because they're claiming to only believe in the Most High God. We serve the Most High God. And then, then they're now with a bowing over here to some golden statue. That kind of sends mixed signals, right? It's not like you're talking about. That's not right. So we make a stand. God's got our back. And we remain faithful. Okay. They defied the king's command and they were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I'm going to make a new decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn from limb to limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. Now he's flipped it the other way. Went from worshiping these cheap idols to now we worship the most high God of these guys. He, he still has the, made a commitment to follow their God. But at least he's working on his heart. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. So they went through all this stuff, and now they're even getting blessed after that. They're going with the king, they're actually going higher. So that's pretty interesting. Let's go to, um, I skipped over some stuff. Let's go to Psalm 27, 1 and 2. It says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protects me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me and when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. All we have to do is remain faithful. Stay faithful. I know it's hard because sometimes you want to give up. We say that a lot too because it would be easier to give up. But look what you're giving up if you were to do that. Now you're out there, way out there. You probably know too much to be out there. You'd be miserable. So we keep serving. We keep doing the things that we do. And it's only by the strength of Christ that we can do this, to be obedient and keep coming on our Wednesdays and keep coming on the Saturdays. Because it's, let's, let's face it, sometimes these Saturday nights you want to stay home, right? Come on. You, everybody says, yes. <laughs> it's okay. Me too. <laughs> it's like, me too. But we do it out of obedience, Right? We step out, we come, we continue to come, but it's only by the power of God that we can continue to do it. Because if we were doing it in our own strength, it would have run out a long time ago. The ministry would have died a long time ago if God were not in it. 
You guys see the mural after he finished all that? Kind of tells the story of the whole thing. Had we not believed and put our trust in God back then, we would have never made it out here. We would have probably closed up when we left the city going, well, it was a pretty good run. Um, let's go find a church out here where we live and uh, just, just live. Which I guess wouldn't be a bad thing, but we were called to a higher thing. So we pressed on and pressed on. And we went through our, our fires. We went through dealing with the city committees and all that crazy stuff. We were in the furnace on that. They're asking us all kinds of questions we have no answers for. We're like, hey, man, we just want to plant a church. What's the big deal? <laughs> and they're like, well, here's what you got to do to do it. And it's ironic, too, that the very first place, they put a bar in right down the, down the street. It was crazy, but we got there first. So we had to, we had to fight it out. And it was like, the bar, you could come, but you had to be like, what was it, 100 feet from our door to their door? So we beat them to it. So it was... And the, yes, the singing and everything, because we used to have the doors open a lot too, was louder than the bar band. It was like, come on, Jesus, let's us tell them about our Jesus, right? God is good. He is so good. All we got to do is remain faithful. You know, just like some of those guys I was talking about, the sports people, being faithful. You know, we all have something that we're faithful to, right? Whether it's products you buy or cars you make, some you, cars you drive or trucks or whatever you drive, you're faithful to it. God is the ultimate person to put your faith in. And if you don't have faith, like Tim was talking about, see somebody, get a hold of somebody. If you need prayers for anything, anything at all, say something. There's all kinds of people around here that are willing to help. And asking for prayer is not a bad thing. It's a great thing because you're inviting God into your furnace to help me. God, I need help. We all need help, right? That's why we pray like 16 times before we start. It's like, well, he's got to pray again. Well, we can pray again. That's what we do. We need his help all the time. It's like, God, help us. We're, we just need help. And we're not afraid to ask for it, right? So has anybody done anything kind the last couple weeks? You know, we talked about kindness. What'd you do? Oh, cool. Very cool. That's awesome. What you got? There you go. You showed the guy love. That's that's how you do it. Let me read this uh, scripture here real quick too. In First Peter, you don't you don't have this one, but uh, this is First Peter. Let me get the right chapter here. First Peter three, twelve through fourteen.
The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Now, who would want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing good or what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid about their threats. How about that? We don't have to be afraid. God's got our back. He always promises he's going to be there for us. He said he would never leave us or forsake us, right? In our troubles. Guys, if you are if you are facing a furnace right now, just cry out to God to help me. Help me, God. And he will. He's going to be there. He's going to see you through it. If he brought you to it, he'll see you through it, right? And the cool thing is, when you're on the other side, come out of that furnace, it, he gets all the glory for it. Because you couldn't do it by yourself, right? So Ebenezer kind of had a little bit of a heart change when he saw the power of the real God, the Most High God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Like I said, his golden statue couldn't do that. You know, we look at those things nowadays, it's kind of funny. But people make idols out of everything. It's kind of the same thing. If you're worshiping your car or your house or your kids or sports in general or whatever that takes you away from God, you're worshiping an idol, a little g-god. And sometimes those can, those can derail you for quite a while. So if you're out there and you've been away from God, just come back. Your chair's right where you left it. Amen? So that's about all I have. He just promises that he'll be with us. Yes? Oh, I thought somebody was going, I thought it was you. <laughs> all right, I'm going to pray, and then um, we'll get on with our evening. So, Father God, we just thank you for tonight. We just thank you for the examples that you left for us in the, in the Bible for us, God, with, these, with, the, with this story. We all go through furnaces, God, and we just, we're just we thankful that you're there for us. We just thank you for what you're doing here. We thank you for all the people that are gathered here, God, and pray that they get home safely. Oh, man, we just um, thank you again, Jesus, for all that you do. And help us be a light for somebody, God. Help us show your love to others, God. So we just thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.